A frequent conversation I have with a lot of Christians is what is God's will for my life? What about you, my friend? Are you seeking for direction and guidance in your own life? Are you confused what God has for you? Well, on today's podcast, we're gonna be learning how we can know what God has called us to do in our lives. So get out your Bible and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter three, and let's get into it. Well, what's up, my friends? Welcome to Stand Strong in the Word Podcast. Jason Jimenez here with you, as always. Blessed to be with you guys as this is podcast 195. We're close to 200. And we are in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. And we're going to be looking at verses 11 through 13. So as always, if you guys have missed out on any previous podcast, wherever you guys get your podcast, check that out. And by the way, wherever you do get your podcast, whether it be Google or if it's Apple or if it's Stitch or whatever, please leave us a review, a good review, so that can continue to feed and put this podcast out there with other Bible teaching podcasts. And let me just say, you know, and I love podcasts and I'm so appreciative of the support that many of you guys have given us through the years as we've gone through the Gospels and Acts and James and and now as we're going through first Thessalonians and we went through Galatians before, um, man, thank you guys for that. And just your continual support. And just recently we got a donation from somebody who has been listening for, for many years. And I just want to thank you guys for that support as well financially. So we can continue to produce this podcast and put it out there. But man, we appreciate you guys also leaving us a good review because when you do listen to a lot of Bible teaching stuff out there, there's not a lot of chronological teaching. And that's what we want to accomplish here on stand strong in the word is to bring uh, context and, and teach you guys hermeneutics in looking at things and that in its totality of scripture and it's beautiful. And, and I can't tell you how meaningful it is to be preparing for this for our listening audience. And so I pray for you guys every single day and every week as I come into studio to teach whatever passage is before us, it's a high honor and it's convicting and it's encouraging. So I pray you're blessed as well. So make sure you guys do that. That would mean a lot to us. So now as we are continuing this study, again, the, the overarching theme in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 to bring up to speed is standing fast in the Lord. And we saw in verses one through five, a remedy for distress. And you know what's so amazing, especially in our culture today, you guys, with people who are so lost and, and they're lonely. I was on several conference calls this week with colleague friends of mine scattered all over uh, the country in, in different parts of the world. And one of the things that I closed out in one of the meetings, and I meant this from the bottom of my heart, was that we're not just a source that is reputable and something to kind of, hey, what are your thoughts about this? Or what do you recommend about that in my research to help me advance this book, et cetera? That, that, that's very helpful. But more importantly, that we are brothers in Christ who love our wives, love our children in our bold witnesses of Christ. And we are there for one another. We are a community, a community, a community of believers because there's a companionship there. And so one of the things that I absolutely love, and I don't want us to miss this, that's why I keep reiterating it in this passage, is 
that when you and I want to, yes, we stand strong in God's word, but we also are strengthened in our faith because of companionship. And Paul lays it out. Timothy, his brother, his co-worker in the gospel of Christ. And it's so sad that in ministry, so many times we don't want people to get the credit, but ourselves. We don't want anybody else to, to, to tell us what to do because we know what we're doing. And that is not the case in Paul's ministry. There's a point where he talked about in verse three about accepting hardship, okay? Facing suffering and knowing that God is in control. We talked about in verses four through five about how to defeat the enemy. That is Satan. Paul refers to him as the tempter. Remember, it was the hinderer in chapter two, verse 18. So we know that Satan is a hinderer. He tries to disqualify us and he's the tempter who tries to destroy us. He tries to bring us down. Jesus referred to Satan as the ruler of this world. Paul will later refer to him as the prince of the power of the air in Ephesians 2 verse 2 and also in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, the God of this world. But you know what's amazing? Because of the companionship, because of the brokenness, because of being filled by the power of the Holy Spirit, Paul's labor was not in vain. And that is comfort to us, you guys, because especially my listeners who are in full-time ministry, who do this for a living day in and day out, you can oftentimes look around and say, my goodness, Lord, I do not feel like I'm making any or putting a dent, if you will, in, in these people's lives, making any change for the better. I don't think I'm moving the needle. I, I don't see progress in their spiritual lives. And I know it could be sometimes depressing for sure. And could you imagine Paul who was disturbed because he had to leave because his life was at stake and there was so much more he wanted to share and teach the Thessalonians. And he thought they had abandoned the faith. He thought Satan won. I mean, so that's, a, that's not a defeatist attitude. That is reality. Now, he didn't let that consume him and thank the Lord. Timothy, his co-worker, comes with a great report. And so where we left off last week in verses six through 10, you see this joy that we have in other people. You, 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 you see language of him. He says, remember us kindly and, and we long to see you. And in all of our distress and afflictions, we have been comforted by you through your faith. And that was something that really struck me. And I need to do a better job letting people know in my life not just what they mean to me, like, hey, I love you, you're such a good friend. But to say, you know, when I was down and out and when I, and, and that's the other thing, guys, by the way, just let me bring some more clarity to this backstory. When you are hurting, that you are vulnerable enough to let people know that you don't have it all together. And so when people understand that you are actually hurting any cases severely, or as I said in the opening of this podcast, you are directionless, which oftentimes leads to meaninglessness, right? And that's the thing that the name of the game in America culture is, I don't feel special. I don't feel wanted. I don't feel uh, that I am something that people look to. I'm not bringing any purpose and meaning, and so we find our identity in who we are and what we do based on performance. 
So we're, we're not talking about that, right? Because that a lot of that's just fake. Because it just, it's, it's, it may seem fulfilling one minute and then the next it's over and the flesh always wants more. But here we talked about in first Thessalonians three, seven, that when Paul was talking about the distresses and afflictions, so he's being vulnerable. He, it was a tough time, you guys, but you know what? Your faith comforted us. We were able to get through it because you, you, you were there. And that, my friends, is really finding joy in other people and letting them know that. So I need to do a better job in that. And I pray that you do as well. And then, of course, Paul was earnestly praying for them and giving thanks upon not only Timothy's return, but being reunited with him one day. And we talked about how God fulfilled that later in Paul's ministry. And if you don't remember any of that, you can go back to our study in the book of Acts, particularly in Acts chapter 20. So now that brings us up to verses 11 through 13. And so I want to go ahead and read again these few verses. And the title is, Are You Seeking for Direction in Your Life? And let's learn a thing or two in scripture about how we can live a life that is fulfilling to God, honoring to the Lord, and not feeling direction less. Notice here in verse 11, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another for all as we do for you so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming, that is the parousia, the presence of the Lord uh, with all of his saints. So this is the, the word of God before us today here on the podcast and this will be finishing out chapter three and then we'll be diving in on our next podcast in chapter four. Now, because my, for many of my faithful listeners and we know that it's been a little spotty right now as i'm recording because of our travel and uh, book deadlines right now um, even this week we are working on stuff so i'm producing this a day late and next week i'll be getting back from wyoming so we will also probably be putting out the podcast a little bit late so just give you guys a heads up on that so let's break this thing down now and see in verse 11 where here, right away, as he's closing out this chapter, Paul says, now may our God and Father himself and our Lord direct. That, that literally in Greek means to make straight our way to you. Now, this is amazing. And by the way, as we're gonna see, because this is a prayer, and this is gonna fit into the context of how can we know what God has for us in our life? Well, number one, we know the clear teaching of God's word. And a lot of people, and I was in a discussion recently with some um young people and their question for me was how can i know god's will and i said well what do you mean by will because see in scripture there what we see is god's moral will for our lives i mean living pure being holy being set apart that we're children of light that we're no longer living in darkness uh, we'll actually see that in first thessalonians chapter five so we know that according to god's word his will for our life is to live for him to be set apart for him so if you're doing that, guess what? You're living out God's will. Now, a lot of times what it is, is circumstantial, okay? It's a matter of, should I go to this college? I've been waiting to hear back to see if I got the job. And you're, and a lot of times there's stress, there's a level of impatience, there's a lack of faith. And that can lead someone to feel discomforted or disregarded if they don't hear something back or they don't know what, 
type of a decision they should make. And so uh, they're struggling. And that's where the other thing that comes in as you do pray, and and I'm going to say this, this particular passage is a great passage to guide you in prayer life. So if you say, well, Jay, you know, people say, well, pray, you know, pray for God's will to be done in your life. This is a, this is a, a blueprint. Okay. This pattern, your prayer, if you're feeling directionless off of this passage right here in first Thessalonians three, 11 through 13. And that will certainly help you, my friends. And so when you're asking what God's will for your life is, you think of the moral will. Are you living for him? Secondly, are you praying? So use this particular passage. There's others like Philippians 1, 9 through 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, et cetera. There's so many other passages. Just look up passages about prayer and use it to help guide you. And of course, famously, you look at the disciples' prayer, the one that God gave us, for us to follow our father who are in heaven, Matthew six, nine through 13. So you want to use those to guide you through prayer to help you. But also a third one is to seek godly counsel around you. Okay. And I'm not saying you need 10, but if you have one or two or three people that you can really count on who are going to direct you in scripture, who are going to be a good listener and maybe somebody or a few who have gone before you, meaning they're older, they're wiser. And so they can kind of share you their story or as you're working through some options that they can really kind of maybe help you bring out the pros and cons, if you will. And so as we see here, this patterned prayer, this is neat because this is actually um, taken structurally of a Jewish prayer and it's an appealment and it's an appealment because Paul is praying it for others. So this prayer of Paul's acts as a transition from his first half of his letter. So this is so key when we're studying scripture and, and, and you're kind of seeing the intent of the author. Here what we see is that Paul from chapter 2 verses 1 through chapter 3 verse 10 where we ended off last week. Let me just, end, let me just tell you where he ended. He says in verse 10, as we pray most earnestly night and day, that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. So as he ends that, this now is a transition into this second part now where we're going to be going into in chapter four, verses one, all the way to chapter five, verse 22. So this is a pivotal point from what he just discussed to what he's going to discuss. And that's so key because what does he use as a transition? Prayer. Now, Paul firstly prays that God will open a way to the Thessalonians. So he knows that he can't do it on his own strength. He needs God to supernaturally direct him back to Macedonia. So one of the things to pray for, you say, Lord, I want to be used by you. And so I pray, God, that you will direct my way wherever it may lead me. And you shouldn't worry about wherever it is because God will be the one directing you. You know, one of my uh, parts of my testimony that I share is when my wife and I were a young couple and we had two small kids and we had a great community. Our families were there. We had a great church that I loved. And I just knew a few years in that I was not fulfilled. I was not feeling like I was getting everything that I needed. And it wasn't because people weren't giving it to me. They were giving me love and support and it was a beautiful time, but 
God had someone, his name was Dr. Norman Geisler and a, and a ton of other people that would come. But I just felt that God wanted me to, that that, that would be my, my teacher, okay, my spiritual father. And I had no idea because he's, you know, uh, a world-renowned apologist and, and theologian and professor and, and uh, you know, had had, you know, literally tens of thousands of students through the years. So who, who would I be, you know, signing up for a class in seminary uh, and moving my family over 2,000 miles away, not knowing anybody, not having a job? But that's the point. I prayed. My wife prayed. We had other people that we confided into who prayed and God answered our prayers and God sent us to a place that was a long ways away from what I was comfortable with. And I, you guys, I didn't even have a job. And I look back and I think, man, Lord, you were, you were there. You were so faithful. And we had such a peace and I was so young. I was, I think 25 years old. And and you know, and and got married at 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 twenty two. And so it's just amazing when when I see a passage like this that you know now may our God and Father Himself, our Lord Jesus Christ, direct our way to you, make straight like God made straight our path for me to move my family. Eventually, of course, get a, a really good job, a better job than what I had. It opens the door to what has led me now for the last 10 years doing Stand Strong Ministries as an author and speaker. And it all started, you guys, because of the community that we had in Tucson, Arizona, and the prayerfulness that my wife and I took to, to pray big prayers, bold prayers, scary prayers. And that's what we see here. And, and so I know it can be unsettling, but you have to trust the Lord, you know, and, 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 and also knowing Lord, I, I want to, for you, for you to direct our paths, because I want you to lead us to what you're doing. And I know you'll provide us with people that are going to take care of us. You know, God did answer Paul's prayer as you and I know. And if you actually look at first Corinthians chapter 16, verse five, we know this because it says that Paul mentions there in first Corinthians 16, five. He mentions to the Corinthians that he will visit them after passing through Macedonia. Now, again, if you know your Bible, and this is why it's so important, and when you look at it chronologically, from the point of what he's praying right now to the point in which he tells the Corinthians as he goes through Macedonia, it took approximately five years for Paul to return to Macedonia. I know some of you guys listening, you've been praying for something for a long time. And matter of fact, when people say sometimes, you know, I've been praying for this for 20 years, some people literally mean that and they, every single day for 20 years, they prayed for something like someone to get saved or someone who will be healed or whatever the case may be. And there's others who say, oh, I've been praying for this for 20 years. And you know, they've given up in the span of those 20 years. And then they will kind of resurrect those prayers and, you know, kind of, you know, get a recharge there. And I, and I know you, you want to give up and you're wondering, God, do you even hear my prayers? I've been there, my friends. More, more often than I would like to admit. But it took approximately five years for Paul to return to Macedonia. And then Luke mentions Paul's traveling to Macedonia, 
Remember in Acts chapter 19, verse 21 says, now after these events, Paul resolved in the spirit to pass through Macedonia. I love that. Paul resolved in the spirit. So let's go back here to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 11. Direct our way to you. And we see here in Luke's language that Paul was determined and resolved in the spirit. That's the Holy Spirit, not in his own personal. Of course, yes, his passion was to be in Macedonia. But what does that tell us? If it took five years and we see this language that he was resolved in the spirit to pass through Macedonia and Achaia and go to Jerusalem saying, I have been there, I must also see Rome. It's because he continued to pray for this. He continued to pray and did not let go. He did not lose heart of saying, God, make straight our path to Macedonia. And then in Acts 20, verse 1, it reads, After the uproar ceased, Paul sent for the disciples. And after encouraging them, he said farewell, and he departed for Macedonia. So he eventually got there. It may have taken longer than he expected. And that's the same thing, my friends, with, with, with what maybe you perhaps are going through. It's maybe taken longer than you expected. And we don't want to be in the business of trying to rush God. Now, this phrase, God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ, this is cool because Paul addresses two members of the Godhead in a singular verb, which is suggesting the perfect and eternal unity shared between God, the Father, and Jesus' Son. This is key to prayer, my friends, because praying to God and acknowledging that it is through Jesus Christ that we have access to the Holy Throne through grace is vital. We are not to take that lightly. Romans 5, 1 and 2 tells us, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You know, our prayer life should have that. As we pray, we're saying, God, number one, thank you that I have access to the throne in which I stand. And we, we as we pray, there's a rejoicefulness because of the hope of the glory of God. So I pray that it, 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 you're kind of, you know, kind of a deadbeat prayer or it's just very inconsistent or it's very limited and it's not with power. Just the other day when I was praying through a particular passage of scripture that I was studying in our chronological reading as a family, it just really struck me how weak my prayers have been lately. Now, it wasn't like Paul didn't know how to return to the Thessalonians. But he was aware that Satan was around, right? Because he's there to hinder. And that way, and that, my friend, sometimes look at your life and think, what is Satan doing in your life to prevent this happening? Daniel had prayed in Daniel 10. God already heard his prayer and had responded. But there was a massive demon that was preventing action to take place through angels who are in the business of doing what God wants them to do. And so it took a mighty angel Michael, the archangel, to be specific, to kick some, uh, you know, hiney, some demon hiney, to to execute and to fulfill the prayers that Daniel had prayed. And you guys, the same applies to us. We are not wrestling against flesh and blood a lot of times in, in our circumstances. And so our prayer life actually is a roadmap. There are, are key insights that we get. So again, the question that I have before you, are you seeking for direction? The question really is more specifically, are you praying? And so in verse 12, and may the, the, may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another. So secondly here, Paul's prayer request is that the Thessalonians will grow in their love 
and also their appreciation for one another. This is important. You know, one of my common prayers is, Lord, help me to love my family deeply. Help me to be patient with people in ministry. God, give me just a a listening ear. Now, the Vines Expository Bible Notes comments in this in this particular passage like this it says paul's insistence on love as the chief characteristic that defines the church fellowship is clearly portrayed here note the words translated increase and abound in verse 12 the greek words are pleionoso and parisio respectfully and it says both terms carry the idea of supra abundance that is having more than enough a running over Using both words may seem to be redundant, but it is Paul's way of emphasizing the fact that believers should love one another. Isn't that awesome? So it's a, it's, I love that superabundance, that it's flowing over. And so if you look around in your church community, in your home life, and if love is not flowing over, pray this prayer. And when you are seeing an increase of your love for one another, that you, that right there, guys, is indication that you're being directed by the Spirit, that you're actually doing what God has called you to do. You still may not be in that plus job that you want. You still may be in debt. You still may have that family member who's sick. I just got an email from a friend of mine whose wife is going through some tests and she's got cancer and they're trying to... Um, you know, diagnose it properly so she can get the right treatment. But the longer it takes with her, with this, some uh, blood issues, um, they're concerned. And so we keep praying and we've been praying for weeks now that I, when I, when I got the news and there's been no change. Matter of fact, things seem to have gotten worse because they're having issues with some insurance. They're having issues with some doctors. There's been some delays. They're hoping that they would already know and they don't. So, so they're definitely going through a trial and we need to band together and we need to pray for one another. So Jesus, as you and I know, when we, when we pray this, we're praying to Jesus, who's the author and perfecter of faith and the most perfect, the perfect model and standard of unconditional love that we are to follow. And we see that in John 13. We see that in John 15, verse 12. And later we're going to see in 1 Thessalonians 4, 19 through 12, or excuse me, 9 through 12, that Paul refers to this brotherly love that they are to have for one another. And so here in verse 13, now when he says, so that he may establish your hearts blameless, notice what's so important that you, number one, you need to be praying for guidance according to verse 11, that you're acknowledging God, the father, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are to be pursuing in a super abundance love for one another that's how we're established and blameless because of who we're spending time with and how we're loving and the holiness before our God. And not only that, but as we pray faithfully and executing the things that God has called us to do by loving one another and being blameless in this world, we are anticipating the return of Christ. So this final section of Paul's prayer in verse 13 leads in, as I mentioned earlier, into the next two chapters, chapter four and five. Now, this phrase, establish your hearts, the Greek word again is theriso. That means to strengthen, to fix something in place that that needs to be established. This is a term that Paul regularly has been using in the context of scripture that we have we have been seeing over and over again. That when you're going through these hardships, that you would be established 
You go back to the very beginning of the chapter. Therefore, when we could no longer bear it any longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother, catch this, and God's co-worker, the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in your faith. So again, the Greek word here, stereso, he uses it again in verse 13. So he, he used it in, the chap, in chapter uh, 3, verse 1, and he uses it in chapter 3, verse 13. It, it, it means to cause someone to grow stronger and immovable in their thinking, in their attitude, and their beliefs. Now, it's also interesting because, remember, the word is found in classical Greek literature in reference to a buttress being placed on a building for added strength. So when we are praying for direction, when we're praying that our love will grow for one another so God can use us, we're also praying that our hearts will be established and that we be blameless in holiness. You know, I love this because Paul is praying for the Thessalonians to live holy lives of devotion to God and to one another. How many of us pray regularly for the people around us that they would have that kind of love and that they would be blameless? I love the encyclopedia of the Bible says the holiness of God is expressed not only in his own mighty acts, both of judgment and of mercy, but it also reflected in the holiness of his people. This is what Bruner calls his transitive holiness. And it's neat because as he prays that, we're going to see next episode in chapter four, verses one through three, these words. Finally, then brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus. And as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing that you do not, that, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual morality at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all of his saints. Now, that phrase, at the coming of the Lord, this is something I believe that Paul pulls from Zechariah 14, verse 5, that says, The Lord, my God, will come and all the holy ones with him. And, and so as you pray, my friends, as I close out this podcast, and again, you're feeling a little directionless, you're, you're, you're struggling in some areas, that you would actually see God's hand in your life as you pray that he would make straight your paths, Okay, pray that in faith too, that your love for him and for others will abound and that you would be blameless in all things at the coming of the Lord, that you never forget that as you and I live holy lives here, we will one day rule and reign with him in a new heavens and new earth, blameless, without sin. And so things may not be panning out the way you thought. Things may still just be at an idle stage and so I pray that you would actually, to jumpstart that, again, not in your own strength, but that you would ask the Holy Spirit to empower you right now and that you'd pray in the Spirit and that your prayer life will be resurrected and that you would experience a communion and fellowship with God like never before. So I pray this has been a blessing to you guys. As always, leave us a review. If you have any questions, prayer requests, you can send them to info at standstrongministries.org. Go to standstrongministries.org for all the information, articles, videos, books that I've written to be a blessing to you guys. And also check out our other podcast, Challenging Conversations, to help you be equipped to have these challenging conversations that we have with people that don't always agree with us. But to do it winsomely, uh, without compromise, 
but respectfully, but yet boldly. So I love you guys. Until next time, keep standing strong, my friends. Thank you.